Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with Todd Wagner. How you doing, Todd? Hello, buddy. Hello, friends. All right. Well, listen, we got a real simple one today. That uh, The question is this. I'll just go right into it. What is the gift of tongues? Wow, the biblical gift of tongues. And here's what I want to say about this as we begin to talk about it. You know, um, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit that we have. We have it, it shows up primarily in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 when we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But tongues first appears actually in, in a New Testament sense in Acts chapter 2. There's some reference to it back in Isaiah chapter 28 that Paul actually um, references back to when he's in 1 Corinthians 14 that tells us what the gift of tongues are for, which we'll get to before we're done. But let me say this, because it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of any gift of the Holy Spirit is that it would be um, that which unifies us and builds us up. And it is a tragedy and a great sadness that one of the things that God gave to us to serve one another and for the common good, to use 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, has become pretty divisive and um, a, a source sometimes of separating that which God wants to join together. Okay? So um, let's talk about this because it's a really important topic and uh, I'm going to make the case that nowhere in the Bible is there any evidence that the gift of tongues is this sign of some uh, graduated form of spirituality that if you're really serious about being uh, seeking all that God wants for you that you will have the ability to speak in tongues. In fact, it's very clear that not all people will speak in tongues. It is also clear that um, something happened. Okay, let's just read it. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, and it's at the moment when the Spirit of God came to the church in fulfillment of what Jesus said would happen to his disciples in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, when he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I will send you the Helper, who is the Spirit. And, um, and it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And so the question is, is, wow, is the power the ability to speak in tongues? No. The power is the ability to, as a vessel of God, to serve him and to accomplish everything that God wants to accomplish through the spiritual body of Jesus Christ, the church, that he accomplished to bring healing and hope and redemption to the world through the physical body of Jesus Christ. Now, Redemption doesn't come through us as we pour out our life for the world in the sense that we go to the cross and die for their sins. That's what the physical body of Christ did. But uh, the spiritual body of Christ is to talk about the mighty deeds of God, to proclaim his excellencies, that he loves you and that he made provision for you in your sin through the person of Jesus Christ. Now God's still at work in and through the world, through his people, which is the body of Christ, and when the Spirit of God came upon them, one of the things that happened the day of Pentecost is that about 15 different nations, if you could um, put a dot there in Jerusalem, where we're going to read the second in Acts chapter 2, and draw a line out to the list of the nations that are mentioned that were there, Jews that had been dispersed across the entire near Middle East area, uh, it would go north, south, east, west, and it would go northeast and northwest and southeast and southwest, almost all the known parts of the world at that time where Jews were, heard the gospel spoken in their own, now watch this, dialectos. It's where we get the English word dialect, and it means language. But Paul says that, uh, and I'll just read it to you, okay? So Acts chapter 2, 
in verse 4, it says, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning disciples, at this moment when the Holy Spirit was coming in fulfillment of Joel 2 and what Jesus said would happen in John 14 and 16. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues. That's not the word dialectos there. It's the word glossa. Uh, it's where we get the English word glossary. Okay, a little quiz, Rick. We love to do this to you every now and then. Yeah, I know. Here we go. What's a glossary? It, where you go to get words, definitions, meanings of words, good, meaningful good. words. Good, good. Glossary is a, a compendium, uh, almost an encyclopedia of words that make up a specific dialectos. Okay? And so the word tongues appears several times in the book of Acts, many times in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, especially in chapter 14. And every time, okay, that it's used, it's always meaning the same thing, which is a known language, not some ecstatic tongue. Too many people are confused that the gift of tongues has turned into this thing that the Bible nowhere mentions, which is a prayer language, okay? The gift of tongues was used in Acts, and when it was used properly in the early church, as the early church expanded, to proclaim the mighty deeds of God in a dialectos, a language that had a glossary. So like, Rick, when you speak with a foreign tongue, okay, when I say that to you, if I say that to you in English, it might mean you're speaking in French or in Spanish or German or Creole or Hungarian, okay? Um, but but it's, it doesn't mean that you're speaking in some language that is not a language at all. Okay, there's actually a word for that in the Greek, and it's not a word that is used in the scripture. When the word tongue appears in the Bible, it's always for a known language. So what is the gift of tongues? It's the ability to speak the mighty deeds of God in a dialect, in a different tongue, a different language than you have learned or you understand so that other people can hear it. And this is what's so important. Watch this. Here's the purpose of the gift of tongues. Because it's a spiritual gift, we know that it is, uh, as 1 Peter 4.10 said, uh, evidence for the manifold grace of God to be known, something we should use to serve others. Because of what it says in, as a spiritual gift, what it says in 1 Corinthians 12.7, it's for the common good. But 1 Corinthians 14.22 says this specifically. So then, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers, that's the purpose of tongues. It's a sign to unbelievers. Man, God must really care about me because he's going to let that in the Acts chapter 2 sense, that these Galileans, these uneducated, untrained men, speak in fluent dialect, my language, so I can understand it clearly about the gospel. I better pay attention to this. It was also, if you go back to Isaiah chapter 28, which is what's quoted in 1 Corinthians 14, it was a sign of judgment even to the Jews. If you're not going to do what God wants you to do, which is proclaim who God is to the nations, then you're going to hear foreign tongues. And what that meant is that the Assyrians were going to be there bringing judgment on the land. But in another way, the way that was fulfilled in the New Testament, is there's a sense of judgment that God's going to use other dialectoses to proclaim the mighty deeds of God and the goodness of God because the Hebrew tongue wasn't doing that effectively. The Hebrew tongue suppressed the truth and unrighteousness that Yeshua was the Messiah. So watch this. Other tongues are going to proclaim that. Paul is telling the church in 1 Corinthians, guys, the gift of tongues was for the church to serve others, not for the church to do something inside of its services that made people go, wow, this is crazy. Look what God can do. It can make these guys speak in what is gibberish to us. Paul's saying that's not the purpose of tongues. So there we go. Tongues are a blessing. They're a known language. They're for non-believers, okay? 
and, uh, and they are commonly confused today with a private prayer language. And so we will do a real truth real quick on, is there such a thing as a private prayer language called tongues anywhere in the Bible? All right, good stuff. Hey, listen, um, we've also done a couple other episodes we'll put in the show notes. Um, one is, um, what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And how do I know if I have the Holy Spirit? And some links to some messages and even a whole hour we did on this topic if folks want more. Yep, we'll put those in the show notes. You can find those on realtruthrealquick.com. If you're on YouTube, you can find those in our show description. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to click above, subscribe to our channel. You'll be updated when we put out these new videos. And we'll see you next week on another episode of Real Truth Real Quick. Au revoir.